Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone, welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm your host, Damon Pistolka, and with me today, I have Scott Schindler, System 357, entrepreneur extraordinaire, surfer, skier, firefighter, system builder. Scott, welcome. Hey, great to be here. <laughs> Man, this is going to be fun. Uh, you you were just talking about, you just got back from Japan. You were skiing in Japan because the powder is so great there. Uh, was the skiing good while you're there? I didn't even ask that. Actually, it was really good, you know. So it was. We had days where we had a foot of powder, and every run we were first runs. Um, so that was one day. We did have one bad day though. So one day the the sun came out; it was beautiful, and then the cloud came over; it snapped, frozen. I was like, "Whoa!" Oh. I wasn't expecting that. And yeah. uh, it was like, "Well, afternoon shopping now." Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Good stuff. Well. Scott, we're going to talk a little bit today about, you know, we're here today talking about building a valuable business. You've obviously done that, but we're going to share that with the listeners. And then we're going to talk in, you know, into some of the things you've done since and helping pe other people build business and your speaking and the other things. So we always like to start out with your background. So let's, let's talk a little bit about when you decided back, I believe it was in 2000, to do a little startup called Renet. What, where were you at and what, what was the idea that generated this? Really good question. So it was before 2000, I wanted to start a business and it was only in 2000 where I got the chance or the fork in the road where I could okay. sell, sell one property, own the other property and be debt free. So I went, well, now I can have a chance at a business, right? So if I don't make any money, I've still got a house and, you know, I'm not going to lose anything. And, you know, I didn't have house payments or anything else. Yeah. So I got that fork in the road, but I didn't start Renet in 2000. I actually started Renet in February 2002. I went through two years of trial and error, and Renet was my sixth attempt at starting up. Wow. Um, so the irony is, in between that, in the first year I didn't do very well. I was I was doing okay, but I wasn't really I wasn't really getting any traction, anything anything that I liked anyway. I had a certain set of rules that I really wanted to achieve in business. The way the way I thought smart business should run. Nowadays, we call it, I, I teach it as systems, right? Yeah. You know, just smart, intelligent ways I wanted to run a business. Anyway, after the first year, it wasn't getting any traction. I started looking for work. Um, so thinking maybe I can't start a business. But then I didn't, not only did I not get a job, I didn't even get a job interview. <laughs> yeah. So I persisted, right? I persisted because I had to persist. No one would mm -hmm. give me a job. I thought, oh, well, if it's, if it's to be, it's up to me. So off I went. Yeah. And I started learning programming in May 2001. And I went through uh, three programs that I wrote, which one was for accommodation. One was for car yards or car dealers. Mm -hmm. And the other one was for real estate. And the other two worked, don't get me wrong, but the one that got the traction and I could see making money out of straight away was the real estate software. 
Okay. And sure enough, start of 2002, I started pushing it a little bit more and I started getting lots of clients and I went, whoa, this is pretty good. So I started the company Renet. So the entire journey took a few years to do that. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I had one business that I started, which was computer networking, peer-to-peer networking. And the very first client I went and saw, I said, well, this isn't for me because this isn't a very intelligent business. I'm just going to be a mechanic. I don't want to be a mechanic. Yeah. My business has to be smart. It has to run on systems and operate. I had terms like time duplication that I really needed to have, right? And I couldn't see myself doing it that way. I wasn't thinking programming at the time. I was just thinking work. And I went, yeah, no, this isn't for me. One client I lasted. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So you, you, I think it's going to back up a little bit. You said it was your sixth, Rena was your sixth attempt. Correct. So, yeah. And that's awesome. That's awesome that you shared that because a lot of people see others that have, you know, maybe built a big business and exited and those kind of things. They don't really understand at the beginning how much grinding and, and changing and just turmoil that you go through to get that thing off the ground. Yeah. And, you know, like, as I guess I, I did a, I did a mentoring session yesterday with a business guy that you know, is turning over a lot of money. He's got a really successful business, but he, you know, he wants to get to the next level still. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were talking about success in business and, you know, that grit and determination really only comes from the bad times. When things are going yes. good, you keep churning away or when it's comfortable, you keep on trying to stay in the comfort zone. But when things don't work out is when you actually dig deep and go, well, what do I have to do? What do I need to change? You know, and that's when things actually happen for you and you become the person you should become. You know, some people get that because they get fired from their job. They go, oh, mm-hmm. I've got to now find a way to make things happen. But if you can find that inner grit and, de- and determination before it happens, even better. Yeah. But because I, as an example, because I didn't get a job, I had to find more. I had to dig deep. I had to think harder. Mm-hmm. And I had yeah. to then rely upon all the things that I'd learned in in 10 years of in the insurance business, working for an American insurance business. I had to dig deep and go, now this is the things I want. So what do I mm-hmm. need to change? What do I need to do? So I bought some more books. I read some more books. I learned how to program. And the rest is history. Mm-hmm. So you program you program your real estate software, and you began and began using that. What what are some of the things that you found as you're building your business that you as you're going along, you go, boy, I didn't really plan on this, or I didn't realize this was going to be that big of a challenge that you turned into systems later that you've written about. Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't, there was nothing that was unexpected. Okay. That might sound really weird to you. In fact, probably the thing that was unexpected was the success that it actually worked. Yeah. If I had to go back and do it all again, I should have started doing what I did 10 years before, you know, I should have had to go on 10 years earlier. I expected some success, but I didn't expect that much. I didn't expect it to be. Look, it felt like selling lollies to kids. I didn't expect it to be that easy once I found the right product. Yeah. But to give you an example, right? So let me give you the example. So it took two years from when I left the insurance business to start the company Renet. So it took about 100 weeks, believe it or not. What I then did for the next two years was I had to actually, just because I'd, just like writing a book, well, so what? I had a program, yeah. so what? I now had to go and sell it. I had to have mm-hmm. people actually want to pay for it. And yes continue to pay for it so what i spent the next two years doing was starting off 
building the company. I went out door knocking, asking people to buy the software. And they did. But it took until, this is the thing, Damon, it took until September 2003. That was the last time I knocked on a door to ask someone if they wanted to buy the software. From then on in, we had enough traction, marketing, and so on, mm-hmm. leads. We didn't have to physically go knocking on doors anymore to drive the business. So the last time I actually went canvassing and trying to find a client was September 2003. And, uh, you know, by then I'd written an email program and just like so an email people and do marketing and I had a database and I had all these wonderful things, right? So it made yeah. life a lot easier. And uh, yeah. I had a team too. So in September to September 2003 was I, the last time I knocked on a door. It was April 2003 when I hired two staff. So for the first year or so, I was on my own just trying to do yeah. everything. And I managed, but I got the traction and I could hire some staff. And I got more traction and I hired more staff. And, yeah, yeah. It, it, just, it went from there. So it took – so if you look at that, it really took about four years. So it took, it took about 100 weeks to find the company. Then it took another about 100 weeks to actually establish a company and go, now this this really is a business now. This is a company. This has now got some teeth. Very good. Very good. So as as you were building it, were there were there things in running the company like that you you uh, wow that really surprised me like supporting the software or just in the in the actual operating of the business that you you hadn't contemplated when you built the when you're thinking about the concept and building the software? Well, there was lots of things that I did. I, I'm going to call it differently to the others. So okay. I was very much so about the people in the business, people first, people over everything, the leadership, okay. the, the development of the clients. You know, I figured if I helped enough businesses succeed, that they would stay clients and they'd, they'd stay clients and they'd want to be clients. So I did a lot of training and personal development. I did this sort of stuff with the real estate agents. So I came from okay. a sales background. They're in a sales industry. I have yes. a product that actually helps them with their sales systems. So I went to work and actually tried to increase people's businesses. Um, and, you know, and it worked. So I didn't see it as a problem. It was just a part of the process. Yeah. There's nothing that really surprised me, like I said, apart from the success. And what actually yeah. ended up happening in the end was it got quite unique that I was the programmer and the CEO. Yes. Most people were the CEO and they hired programmers. Yes. Now, I wasn't a programmer in the end. I had a team of them. But I'm yeah. just saying, when I went to a prospect, like a major company, and they'd go, well, is this possible? I'd go, absolutely. And I could say it with authority. You knew. I didn't have to go back to the team and ask. Yeah. You know, yeah. I might have had to go back with some project timelines or some final costing, but I knew what was possible, what wasn't possible. So that was mm-hmm. actually quite unique in the industry in the end. So one, I was a successful business, but two, I actually knew what was going on from the coal face all the way up and down the product line. So, yeah, so nothing really surprised me at all, Damon. You know, the thing that really did surprise me, though, was that it all worked. Yeah, sometimes it does. Like in 1999, when I had the concepts of business judo and time duplication and wanted to create a company that was intelligent, where I could make myself redundant and these systems would work, I didn't know. I had no idea, but I'd learned them from like when I worked at McDonald's as a kid, when I worked for the American insurance company, I learned sales and leadership and business development. Mm-hmm. I learned those things, you know, and, and so I actually wanted it to work. But I just didn't think it would work as good as it did. Yeah. But that was about the only surprise I got was, wow, this stuff does work. You know, it, yes. these systems work. If you put your systems in place, look, did it mean things didn't go wrong? 
no, I mean, I had servers go out and I had, I had a legal issue in the middle of things. I had, I can tell you about all the bad times too. Yeah. They're expected, you know, the unexpected or the unknown unknowns come from time to time, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to expect that not every year is going to be perfect. Not every month's going to be perfect. Not every day is going to be perfect. So when it happens, it's not unexpected. You just don't know which one it's going to be. But you have to be able to be ready to respond and go, okay, this is one of those times that's going to test me. I have to sort stuff out. I have to get things fixed and I have to move on. And, uh, and that mm-hmm. happens from time to time, you know. So certainly wasn't smooth sailing all the way. Mm-hmm. I remember one time nearly losing everyone's email, you know, because we were managing their email servers too. And, I mean, that was a stressful time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Stressful time. Not only did we nearly lose it all, they didn't have their email for 24 hours. They lost everything for 24 hours. You know, people are screaming at me. It was Friday afternoon and all the advertising goes in the Saturday paper back then. And yeah. things had to be done. And people are going, well, why Friday? I'm going, well, look, if I could have picked a day, it wouldn't have been any of them. You know, and I'm going, but it's yeah. happened. Let's just deal with it, right? So we dealt with yeah. it. We put in some better <laughs> systems for redundancies after that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was flying around the countryside. I had to see a forensic guy to interrogate the database and actually restore the hard drive and take it back. Oh, it was a because we had redundancies of backups, that wasn't an issue, but they were going to take longer than the flying around the countryside to try and get someone to repair the data. Oh, wow. Lesson yeah. learned, we had that much data, the rest- restoration of it wasn't really going to work. It was backed up, but it wasn't really. Anyway, I can teach you some yeah. lessons about IT, but that's nah, that, that's That's incredible, though. You know, I think, I think overall what I'm hearing from you, though, that's really good is that you were ready for the unexpected. You said, it's going to happen. Yeah, and it's going to work through it. Well, one of the systems I teach is the business of thirds. You know, so a third of the time things are going to be awesome. A third of the time things aren't going to be. And in the middle is a is a is a middle third, which can go either way depending on how we respond and react, our experiences, our knowledge, our training. You know, that, that's the third in the middle. But you've got a third mm-hmm. of times where things are great, and we want to live in that third. Yeah, but the reality is, a third of time things aren't going to be great. Mm-hmm. My fault, not my fault. Unexpected, expected, whatever it's going to be. You know, it could be. Weather, it could be economic, it could be, well, as we know, pandemic. It could yeah. be something that's going to change. And in 10 years of a journey, there's going to be a third of the years which are fantastic, a third of the years which you had to work really bloody hard for to try to get through. Yeah. And third in the middle, well, that just depends on what happens and how you respond and how positive your mental attitude is and those sorts of things. So I teach the business of thirds. In yeah. fact, you asked earlier about um, when we spoke once before about the fire brigade. Yep. So we live in we live in the bottom third. We live in those ten percent of times where things go wrong. Yeah. That's what we train for. We actually don't know what the situation is going to be. So I did eight years in the fire brigade, right? Just at my local fire brigade. So it's on mm-hmm. call. So yeah. what happens is if the pager goes off, I jump in the car and I go. And then we get about three hundred of those calls a year. Okay. So it could be one o'clock in the morning. Or it could be eight o'clock in the morning. It could be three o'clock in the afternoon. A car mm-hmm. accident. You know. Yeah. A, a, ambulance assist or it could be an actual house fire or structure fire bushfire so anyway when you go to those we train for those incidents when they happen but we still don't know what it's going to be Mm -hmm. but we expect them we expect that we are going to get a structure fire we are going to get a house fire we know that's going to happen right we just don't know when or how what time what's going to cause it nor do we know how we're going to fix it either until it happens Mm -hmm. but we can plan and prepare for it because that's the industry the fire brigade is in. They're in the industry of when things go wrong, how big and how bad can they go wrong? And how can we prepare ourselves for that if and when it happens? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I it's a to... different way of thinking. Most businesses no. don't plan for that. 
Yeah, but it's a good way if you're going to think think about, you know, readiness for business as well, I, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when you bring that into it, so I started doing the fire brigade in 2012. Okay. So, and then when you look at it, um, you know, bringing those disaster recovery type mentality back into the business was a good thing. So it gave me more back than I put into it. And I just wanted to volunteer, right? So I was just yeah. volunteering for the local fire brigade yeah. and I wanted to give back to the community, but it gave me a lot back of, of mm -hmm. you know, situational awareness and not panicking when things go wrong and just looking at it, doing a full 360 degree view and going, okay, what do I need to do? What's the solution here? Let's just get in and get started, not panicking. So that situational yeah. awareness is something that, you know, I, I got, even though, you have it in business. I got it a lot out of the fire brigade. Yeah. Yeah. I can see now why that was, that was an interesting time for you and, and beneficial for the long run. Yeah, it was rewarding, you know? You yeah. Know, and helping the community too. In the yeah. local community. So there was people yeah. on you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Help, helping your friends and neighbors. Yeah. Uh, that's a great thing. So you're sitting here, I mean, you, you sell your business and everything's great there. Why? Why did you decide that you want to, I mean, you could have just rode off in the sunset, surfed, skied, had a good time, but you decided to start writing books about your systems you had developed and teaching people and, and uh, speaking on it. What really drove that? There's a couple of drivers. First of all, I'm hyperactive. I'm ADHD. Okay. <laughs> so I have to keep doing things. Yeah, uh, that is one driver. The, the big driver is actually legacy. So, you know, like at the end of the day, I, my boys, I've got two boys, they're now turning 20 this year and 25 all right. and they're both doing really well. So not a problem at all. And one day they're going to want to start their own business or they're going to want to do things and they're going to say, Hey, what did dad do? Now, if I'm here, I'll talk to them. If I'm not here, yeah, well, then they can read some books about it. And the best validation for that is that other people like the books and other people have read the books. So, you know, it's not just legacy. It's like, well, I also want some validation here. And it's mm -hmm. been working. People have been buying the books. In fact, the US is the biggest market that's been buying the book. So it's been unreal. Very cool. Um, so there's legacy. The other thing is, I was, obviously, I retired early. I was only 46. I wanted to keep mental stimulation. I didn't mm -hmm. know what that was going to be, though. So I didn't plan on necessarily what I'm doing today. But I did plan on staying active in one way or another, mentoring, coaching. I didn't know. But, I, you know, it's all I've done all my life is 30-odd yeah. years of coaching and mentoring people. You know, and how I built Renet to be a successful real estate software business was by teaching my real estate agent clients to be better real estate agents, how mm -hmm. to sell more and make more, build teams. And, by the way, here's my software. Yeah. <laughs> It'll help you do all that stuff as well. Um, so that's some of the motivation. But, you know, what changed it all was – in 2018, I got asked to speak for Google. Okay. So I did, a, I did a Google talk. And in that talk, I spoke about two things just that I really believed in. And, and I had these before I started the company, Renet. So I had these in before I left the insurance business. And one was business judo and one was time duplication. And I happened to drop those two terms in that talk. And at the end of the talk, I got asked about those two terms. And I thought to myself, wow, they sort of are really unique. I went, so I trademarked them. I thought, well, I might do something with those terms. I didn't know what to yeah. do, though. But I yeah. thought, you know, those people actually can really relate to it and like it, can understand it, which means they can implement it and use it to succeed. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not rocket science, 
There's yeah. streets, there's street smart systems, but people can actually use them and they can think about it every day in their business. You know, I'm a business tutor. What am I doing today? How am I flipping the narrative around from negative to positive or turning disadvantages into advantages and things like that? Or time duplication. How am I scaling? How am I duplicating my team? How am I duplicating my product? How am I duplicating my money and creating wealth? Every single day, that has to be your mentality. It's what successful mm -hmm. people do. And it's those systems in business. See, I had a system in business at Renet, which was what I taught the real estate agents was if they put two minutes into the software, they will get back 100 minutes for free. So time duplication wasn't an accident. Mm -hmm. It was a very deliberate action of what I put into the software. It was a very deliberate action of how I built the company up through the team and everything else. What I do now, though, is you're right. I've now written books or writing books. I'm writing a book series. Mm -hmm. And the first one was the five systems. And there's two of them there, business judo and time duplication. Mm -hmm. and, you're, and you're continuing on. So which which book are you? So business judo, where did you come up with the name? Uh, good question. So I learned in the 90s, I ran sales teams. And my boss, mentor, whatever you call them at the time, taught me a term called mental judo. Okay. You know, so it's like mental yep. judo. You know, if I want to achieve what I want to achieve, I had to help other people achieve what they wanted to achieve. But how do you do that? Okay. So you, you have to use a mental judo, you know, so, and that was without getting into it because we've only got a certain amount of time here. I then thought when I started a business that I was going to do the same thing, but I'm going to call it business judo. Okay. I'm going yeah. to leverage. I'm going to network. I'm going to create win-win-win situations. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to have a positive mental attitude and I'll have that, so they're the, some of the things that business judo is, you know, it's that leverage. So I did it. Very good. And that was a, a Scotty term, business judo. So that's where it came yeah. from. So I yeah. all I had to do then was live, at, live, eat, sleep, breathe that in the company. Like I said, was there any surprises? No, I knew it worked. I just did not work as well as it did. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So as you've, as you've been uh, teaching people – Let's talk about business judo for a minute. Yeah. Teaching people to use business judo. What are some of the things, the feedback they give you on it after they've done it a while? And really, well, once you, well, this is perfect business judo right now. We're leveraging each other. You're, you're sharing a story to your audience. This is like perfect business judo. But okay. the essence of business judo really isn't these simple things, even though this is perfect business judo. Business judo really comes into its own with positive mental attitude when things aren't going well. That's yeah. when it really comes into its own. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is great that we're doing this. And you can yeah. do this. You can create a networking event. You can leverage other things that are happening in the industries that you're in or events or summer or winter, depending on what season you're in. You know, you can do all sorts of basic things. But the essence of business judo is that mental ability to be able to turn those negatives into a positive or better still, turn the negatives and disadvantages into advantages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a simple yeah. example is, well, I had a car accident. Well, okay, I'll buy a new car. I won't just repair the car. I'll get rid of that car. I'll get the payout and I'll buy a better car. Yeah. That's simple business judo. Yeah. You know, how do I improve the situation out of something that's gone wrong? There's been adversity. How do I improve that? A staff member leaves your business. You go, man, that was a really important staff member. Okay, now I have to find someone new, but I'll find someone better at this and better at that instead. And I'll make it better than it was before. Yeah. So yeah. things happen all the time, but see, it's how we respond and how we react that makes the difference. 
Mm-hmm. That's the essence of business judo. How do I how do I flip this narrative? Yes. So when people talk to me about it, it's you know like it's something that you'll see everywhere is perfect business judo, but it's also something you have to practice. At first, you know, I think everyone understands how to do it, but it has to become a deliberate action every single day that this is yeah. what I'm going to improve. You know, this is business judo. Okay, well, how do I flip the narrative? As an example, you know, it's not uncommon for someone to go, well, there's your problem. There's your problem over there, right? The problem's this. The problem's that. Okay, well, look, anyone can see the problems. Mm-hmm. Anyone yes. can see the problems, right? That's easy to spot. <laughs> That's easy to spot. And even some of the solutions are easy to spot. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can just do this, this, this. Okay, but that's not perfect business judo. Perfect business judo, okay, well, this has happened. But I want to now not just fix it, I want to improve it and make it even better than it was before because of what's happened. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's that's funny you're saying this because I, I was just, I was talking with a client yesterday. I was talking with a client on Friday about this. They had a a staff member that was leaving. And we worked through the fact that the staff member was leaving. And this is not like a one-person company. They've had 70 or 75 employees. So it was it was hard for me to mentally believe that one person was that much, uh, that integral to the business and come to find out it wasn't. But we did that by walking through it and really figured out that well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to restructure some things and actually the business is going to be better. Um, and the employee is going to be happy doing what they're doing now in a new new role someplace else. So it really is how you look at it because as you've just mentioned, you can look at that problem, go, oh, there's a problem. And then you can go try to fix that problem. But if you go there and say, listen, we're not only going to eliminate this problem, but we're going to make sure that it never happens again because it's going to be 10 times better or we put in a foolproof system. That's that's really the way to do it. But that's great. That's great. So as people are using this, what what kind of comments do you get back? Because, I mean, it's got to be there's got to be some people like, I was, oh, my goodness, I never really thought about yeah. this in in the tough times. Well, that's right. And, you know, the, in fact, in the book, I'll give a shameless plug. So in yeah, the yeah. book, the, the business judo is the second most popular. The most popular has actually been time duplication. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it's because it's a penny drop moment. You know, the business I made the most money out of was the rule of 100 and the business of thirds. They're the systems I made the most money out of, and even sugar and cream. But the time duplication had the most feedback because I think it's that penny drop moment. So the one system that every successful person understands, the one system is time duplication. They duplicate themselves, they duplicate their products, and they duplicate their money. Mm-hmm. Now, some people can get one of them. A few people can get two of them. I'm talking about in a successful way. But very few get all three of them in a successful way. So yeah. you think about it, right? So if you don't have to get up and go to work anymore because you've got enough people doing the work for you, that's a great system. That's duplication of yourself. Mm-hmm. If you've made a product once, but you keep getting paid over and over for it again, that's great too, isn't it? Well, that's mm-hmm. duplication of product. And if you're making money while you sleep because of the money you made before, then that's duplication of your money. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, when you talk to most people, how much money are you going to make this year because of what you did last year? Most people yeah. don't have an answer for that. Mm -hmm. They can talk about their expenses, but not how much money they're going to make because of what they did last year. And what you're doing today, how much, how much residual income and renewable income is that going to give you next year? Yes. So, you know, you, you, you had 2000, when I say you, I mean metaphorically, you've had yeah, 10 yeah. years from 2010 to 2020. Okay. How much of that are you still making money out of today? So we're in another decade. Okay. So between 2020 and 2030, how much are you going to put into making more money, whether it's duplication of yourself, duplication of products, or duplication of the money you make? So that way, by the time 2030 comes, you don't have to go to work anymore. Yeah. Or you can, and you keep duplicating, duplicating, duplicating. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing every successful person understands. Now, I can't write music like, you know, Katy Perry or someone like that, and they've done it on a hugely successful way. Yes. They write a song, they keep getting paid over and over and over, right? Beautiful mm -hmm. system. But, you know, the actors caught on to that. So once upon a time, the actors got paid millions of dollars for movies, and they went, whoa, whoa hang on a minute. I'll take less up front, and I'll get a royalty, thanks. Yes. So they caught yeah. on to it. See, they caught on to it. They caught on to the system, right? They didn't want yeah. big money. They wanted the royalties. And, you know, now business judo once again, if we use that, now they get paid royalties for products. So they don't just get sponsored by Nike. They get a brand of Nike to actually sell with their name on it. So they get paid mm -hmm. extra. So, you know, everyone, it's it's what successful people do. That's why yes, it's the yes. five systems of successful people. Now, you don't have to do it on the scale of millions and millions of dollars to be successful. Everyone's definition of success is different. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to have millions and millions and millions of dollars to be hugely successful. But if you can do what you want, when you want, with who you want, never have to work again. That's not a bad definition of success either. That's not bad at all. That's not bad <laughs> at all. That's, that's, that's for sure. So you've, you've released the, the five systems of successful people. And what are the other books you've released so far? I, well, I did actually do... Because we were talking the last time. I can't remember where we were at, where you I were did at. actually co-author yeah. this one. Oh, yeah, you did that. Build a, build a business you can sell. Yeah. Yeah, which talks one. about the systems and, and money and yeah. how business is valued. You know, and this book yeah. sold a few books. You know, it's it's I co-authored it with a, a merchant banker. Um, yep. there. So, yep. Lana, she's now retired. Yeah. You know, so, I co-authored that with her, I can't remember, many years ago. So that then gave me business judo. I learned the process of writing yes. a book. Sweet. Now I'll write it on my own. Yes. So I'm writing, I'm writing a series, the Street Smart Entrepreneur series. So this is the five yes. systems. Yep. So system, system one, three, five, seven. This is the five. Very good. So the next book I'm releasing is actually on sales. Okay. It's called Make More, Do Less. Yep. The best sales systems ever. It's actually, you know, what successful people say, do, and when. That's the next book. It's actually ready for release now. It's in pre-release. It's up there. It's all ready to go. Just waiting for some final feedback, and hopefully that releases. Look, I'm going away again on another surf trip in three weeks' time. I'm going away surfing. <laughs> so it'll either be done before or after that. But anyway, it's coming. It's imminent. It's an good. imminent. Good, good. So that's the good. next book. The book after that is actually going to be the one of 1357. And that's mm -hmm. the strive for healthy, wealthy, and wise. And that book will be yes. about that book will be actually be about creating financial independence. It'll be about balancing life. It'll be doing all those sorts of things. So that'll be very much so street smart entrepreneur stuff mm -hmm. for sure. 
And then I'm going to write it. Like I said, I'll finish the series. So the yeah. three's on the can analysis, the seven's on time. I also have the leadership. Yep. So there's a whole series coming out, street smart entrepreneur stuff. I mean, I, yeah. I now mentor and coach think people like professors, presidents of, of multi-million dollar companies. And I, I'm now mm -hmm. mentoring and coaching those people. Yeah. And I'm a D-class student. But, you know, the difference is you can have a you can have a skill set. You can be really technically yes. skilled like a doctor, an accountant or a solicitor, and they are so good at what they do. Mm -hmm. But it's the out-of-the-box stuff they need help with. Yeah. You can't go to a university or a TAFE course to get out-of-the-box stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, think laterally. And this is all lateral thinking stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. People can be highly talented at one thing and, and really, really benefit from help in other other areas. And that's, I tell you that, that one of the things that, that you see a lot is you'll have a, a doctor, like you said, or, or, or a lawyer or something. They're very successful in that part of what they do. But when it comes to business, they flop. They just, it's really hard for them to run a business. It is hard for them to run a business and, and that's okay too, right? Yeah, it is. Really what they do. Look, I'm not a lawyer either. Mm -hmm. I can read the documents, but I still pay someone else. So yes. in, reverse, in reverse, they know how to read the documents. They're saying, hey, Scotty, but how do I create a successful business now? How do I have successfully lead my team and duplicate my team? I know the concept exists. Look, it's not like yeah. we've never heard the team leadership before. We've all heard mm -hmm. it, but how? How do yeah. I actually do that? So I teach people really simple systems they can follow like a personal development pie. I teach them that stuff. Okay, let's put a pie in place. So that way in 2024, you're going to have a better year than you had in 2023. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not the systems I teach is something you put in place today, but it's not a magic wand. Yes. It's something to put in systematically in your business so you can have a better year next year than you had last year. And that's what systems are for. And they take a while to implement and perfect. And they also can be alive and fluid. They can be customizable, but the point is you put them in place and then you work your systems. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, that's a great, great point because you see so many people that are out there supposedly coaching people that go, Oh, I'll just do this. Oh, I'll just do that. And, and realistically though, what you're saying there is, is the truth. You're going to have to, you're going to have to put systems in place. You're going to have to modify. You're going to have to, uh, uh, be patient for the results sometimes way more than you want to be, but that, that patience and persistence and that continual moving, moving forward with them is where you really are going to get the long-term yeah. success. I mean, people That's pay me for the, the forest and the trees moment. Okay. So what's business judo? I can talk about it. You can read about it for $27 50, right? Cheap. Yeah. Easy peasy. I've got free videos online. If you want to go watch them too, right? It's easy to get the knowledge, but it's a bit like, let me give you an example. So where um, I've now come into play with a lot of businesses and a lot of successful people is it's a bit like a recipe book. So I can pick out a recipe book and it says, you know, pinch of salt here and 500 grams of that and on the in the oven at 180 degrees for 15 minutes and it can tell me exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. But if I had a master chef standing beside me instead and said, okay, we put a pinch of salt in so it does this, this and this. We put it in the oven at 180 degrees for 15 minutes because what happens is it does this, this and this and it'll work. And I can then ask questions. See, the knowledge mm -hmm. is there. It's easy to read in a menu. It's easy to read somewhere in a book. Not a problem. But then most people go, okay, I really like the system, but how can I put that in my business? And that's yeah. what people pay me the big money for is to go, okay, let's bring it all together. A bit like having a master chef standing beside you or just a recipe. So mm -hmm. the knowledge is everywhere. 
and everyone's got it. And what I tend to do is after 30 years of coaching and training is it help people extract that out of themselves. Yeah. That's what help I them execute, to. help them execute the things they need to do. Well, and in fact, I ask most people now, well, what's, what's, so you got a company of 70 staff, as an example, you just mentioned someone the other day. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, so I, so what's the leadership system that you follow in the business? Well, mm-hmm. most people not only can't say what it is, they can't write it down. They can't describe it in any way, shape or form. Most people's leadership system is they turn up and just respond to what's going wrong at the time. Yeah. There's a squeaky wheel. Let's manage it. Most, what's the sales system? What's the sales system you have in your business? What's the process? What's the if this happens, else do that? What is that process? When a lead comes in, when a, when an inquiry comes in, when you're talking to someone on the phone, what's the systematic way you approach your sales? Most people go, well, we get emails, we ring them up. I'll get emails, I'll respond. Well, it's not really a system. It's just being responsive. And it's mm-hmm. perfectly normal to do in business. It's what yes. everyone does. But what happens is you get a business to the point of 70 staff or seven staff or 700 staff, it starts to become a necessity to have the systems in place that everyone can follow. That's the necessity. And they don't have to be strict. You don't have to have it like McDonald's where it's on the hot plate for three minutes, the buzzer goes off, turn over, get out of the hot bun after 30. It doesn't have to be that strict, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to. It can be fluid. It can be alive. It can be flexible. But it's still a systematic way of doing it that everyone understands whether it's the leadership, the sales, or the business development, you can still implement these systems in principle that everyone can follow. So it can be alive, it can be flowing, it can live, eat, sleep, breathe. You can change it, modify it. But the thing is, what I find in most people's businesses, Damon, is they can't say what their systems are. Mm -hmm. So what's your system for leadership? If there's a problem, that's not really a system. Yeah. And how, you know, system, like you said, system for sales. Can Most people can't tell you that this, the steps in their sales process, how they, you know, go through, um, you know, any, and, and like you said, leadership, there's a lot of companies that are fairly sizable that don't have an organizational chart. So people would even know if I was working in the company, who, who, who should be my boss's boss, if that's the way it is, or, or like you said, what what does success mean for me? How do how do I know if I'm doing a good job? There's just so many things that, and it's normal. It's totally normal. It, it's and, actually totally normal. I mean, I yeah, I, I didn't know that. I yeah. tell people just Google this stuff. It's got to be everywhere. And now I go actually in the last four years, I've gone no, actually it's 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 not as street smart out there in the world as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. So leadership's a buzzword, not necessarily a systematic thing you can do. Yeah. Because people don't have a systematic approach to the way they develop their people, the way they train their people, the way they motivate their people, the way they reward their people. And those sort of systems are what you need in place. Oh, we have quarterly reviews. Well, that's actually the worst thing in the world you can do. Mm -hmm. We have KPIs. Well, who gives a shit? Mm -hmm. They're really not things that motivate and grow the business. They can Mm -hmm. be accountable. They can be used. But that's not a systematic approach of having quarterly reviews. But that's as much as some people get to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I cannot stand the term quarterly reviews or KPIs, even though they have a place in business. I totally understand it. I'm not saying mm-hmm. throw that in the bin because if you don't, if you throw that in the bin and don't have a better way of doing it, in other words, yeah. business judo it, if you don't have a better way of doing it, keep doing what you're doing. But if you want to improve, there's better ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, like, you, like you said, the KPI might be a, a, 
better step than yesterday, but it's not your end result where you want to be tomorrow. And a lot of, and a lot of these things, right. You know, it's, it's, if you don't have something, take the first step and, yeah. then, and then move on yeah, because it's, um, we, the, the need, I think a lot of people get hung up on the need for perfection and they think about, well, that's not quite right. That's not quite right. And they won't start at all. And do you think that you coming at it from a different approach allowed you to move farther, faster with some of these systems? Cause it's like, Hey, 100%. I'm, I'm gonna, yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. So here's the good thing, Diamond is, is <laughs> I love this it. This is why it's called the street smart entrepreneur series. Right? Yes. Yes. Is because everything for me was an improvement or better. I mean, everything was, right? But for some yeah. companies, they think, well, if I implement change, it might get worse or it might not be as good and it's not perfect. And let's analyze it. Let's spend some time. And then we'll maybe look at it in 2024 or maybe 2025. And you're thinking like, really? We need something now. So why not, yeah. why not be alive and fluid with it and get the team? Anyway, there's a whole long story here, but you're right. So I wasn't afraid to do things. So I was not afraid to make change or afraid to let my team do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the worst decision of all is none. Yes. Or Let's delaying. make a decision. Yeah, delaying because you it's not a perfect solution. I mean, I, that's that's the thing that I think kills more businesses than anything is they get to a certain point, they've they've achieved some success or doing things, and then the the rate of well, look at any big business, the rate of acceleration of innovation and all the other things that you need to do got them just kind of like, yeah. and then they they just can't complexity of opinions, you know, complexity of problems, complexity of all that stuff, you know, really exponentially accelerates. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I get it. And it's not as easy. I get it. There's more moving parts and there's more people that need to be involved. And so I totally understand. But yeah, I mean, waiting for perfect is not that good either. I mean, why does a yeah. company with three, four, five hundred staff that's turning over millions of dollars all of a sudden go broke? Yeah. You know, well, how does that happen? You go, what? How does that happen? So it's, yeah. you know. It's either because the people aren't performing or there's no sales in the business. Mm -hmm. So which one is it? You know, yeah. I don't know. But they don't go, they weren't going broke. They were growing. They were successful. So what changed or what didn't change? What didn't respond? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's you know. good stuff. It, good it's stuff. easy to sit here and say that. Oh, yeah. Armchair quarterbacking is easy. Look at that. <laughs> look at that. You know, I could have won that war they fought 50 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's 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 about doing the right things. And that's part of the systematic approach is, yes. is that it's it's in principle, the system that you're doing, you know. So is this smart? Is this intelligent? Is this doing all the right things? And if so, well, then do it. You know, there's nothing to lose by doing it. So if it follows some of the rules that you've got in your business, well, then then do it. Yeah. Um you know, if it doesn't and it's not smart or intelligent, well, then you have to think better ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. And if it's if it's broke, you have to fix it. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And that's the, where your business judo comes comes in full swing because you're going to fix it, but we're just not taking care of the problem today. We're making it better so that it, it's it's actually a strength for us in the future. Yeah. And, I mean, how do I have a better 2024 than I'm having in 2023? What do mm -hmm. I need to do today that's going to improve my year next year? What am I going to learn? And what am I going to develop? What am I going to replace? What am I going to, what are those things? Mm -hmm. You know, most people have KPIs and go, well, we increase the business by 10% or something else. And they look at numbers and that's okay. But, you know, what are the, some of those things we need to do? So number one in system 1357 is people, people first. So what's the personal development program 
the system in the business to make sure Damon is my employer is a better employee. Sorry, Damon is my employee is a better employee next year than he was last year. What's his personal development growth program that I can put in place? You know, or is he just there to do a job? If he's just there to do a job, well, then they turn over. You have to accept the turnover. Yeah. But if you're there to develop people and, de and developing people develops a company. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Well, then you'll have a much better company. Yes. But to do that, you have to do certain things. You have to mm -hmm. actually implement. I mean, if you've got 70, if you uh, give me give a real life example, I've got a friend of mine. And I don't preach to them. I'm talking to you about business, but it, when I take off my hat and I'm just Scotty in the street, you know, I don't yeah. preach to my friends about it. But anyway, I was talking to a friend, right? He's got like, he's got like 40, 50 staff. He turns over a fair bit of money. He's doing really well in business. And his son's really good at surfing. So he's really good at sport. In fact, he's a little nuggety, like a little gymnastics kid, right? So he's mm -hmm. probably going to do a lot of things. And they're driving around the countryside. They're going away to all these competitions. They're getting all this coaching done for him, high performance stuff. And I'm going, this is really good. So I said, well, so you must do the same sorts of things in your business, right? You must have lots of good coaching and training systems in your business too. He goes, oh, no, no, we don't do that. <laughs> I'm going, I didn't ask questions, right? But you can see his attitude was straight away, no, I'm not investing in, I'm not investing in something that's making me millions of dollars a year, you know, because what if they leave? Well, you know, what if, the, what if I train a staff member and they leave with all that skill set, you know? And I'm thinking like, so here he is, he understands training and development. Mm -hmm. He understands professional development for his son in sport mm -hmm. spending i don't know how many thousands of dollars a year. oh yeah well just put the same budget into the 30 40 50 staff you've got get a personal coach in once a month to do a sales session or a personal development session or a motivational session or something you know spend fifty thousand dollars a year on someone mm -hmm. to come in and do some personal development your business will probably double in the next two years yes now how much easier is business then yeah but no, nah, instead of spending, instead of spending a couple of dollars like he spends on his son. Yeah, yeah, it's it is it it is people first, man. That's what it's got to be. You got to be yeah. developing the people, otherwise. And and too, I think what a lot of business owners themselves forget that means them too. Ah, so I'm going to hit you on the head with that one. I used to get called in to do training at real estate offices. And the boss would come in and say, I want you to come into a day. And he'd pay me lots of money. I'd come into a day's training session. And they wouldn't turn up. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. for them. It was for their team. I'm going like, look, I'm really cool that I'm developing a team. I get paid the same whether you're there or not. Yeah. You're paying the bill. We call this we call this happy days, right? But I, in my head, I'm thinking, well, why did that person not come to the training session? Why would you not come, A, to see what they're being taught and B, learn it yourself or get reminded yourself how important some of these simple things are? What's that mm -hmm. pinch of salt in cooking that's going to make all the difference? Mm -hmm. You know, so, and, and you're right. A lot of the business owners and leaders think, oh, this isn't for me. This is for them, you know. So they don't have their own personal development program, let alone for the really valuing on the team. So this is why the training fails in a lot of organisations. Yeah. They put it in there, but they go, oh, it's not really for me. So there's no follow-through. There's no development of it. There's no – so you do a coaching course, so what? What's the follow-through with that? That's what makes people successful. It's not what they mm -hmm. do on the day. It's what they do after the day that makes a difference. It's yeah. the action, action, yeah. action. So, yep. and, and if leaders don't come to it or the business owners don't come to it to see what they're learning and what they're doing, different if they've already been to it once before and how they're implementing it in yeah. their business. That, that might be different. But even so, it amazed me 
if not confused me, why the business owners themselves didn't bother coming. And I go, mm -hmm. yeah. I knew they knew, they knew, like, and trusted me, but I'm still thinking they should be here. There's things I'm teaching them they don't need to pay me twice for. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of getting me back every six months, well, they could continue on with the same coaching and training. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Anyway, it's it's fine. Like I said, it, it, it's a it's a hamster wheel sometimes. And it is. Off we go and. It is, but you know, I'm real. I really appreciate you stopping by today, Scott, because it's been awesome talking to you and your the stuff you're doing, helping people and coaching them with your your system one three five seven and and teaching them about business judo and time duplication and the other things you're doing is 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 incredible. I mean, your street smart approach to it is stuff that we can understand, and you know, and. Business people should just be taking advantage of it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, you know, seriously, like for $27.50. I mean, yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, and then there's a thousand books out there. I get it. If not millions of books. So which one do I read next and what do I do? And it's really confusing in that sense. But, you know, when, when I, what I put in the books just to, to talk about it is all from experience and, and, you know, it's, it's genuine. I can prove and stand behind all of it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's not, it's not um, what I think you should do. It's it's what yeah. I did and how what it you did, yeah. And what now, you did and how it worked, yeah. That's and, good. And now you can go. Okay, well, I can do that. What do I need to do in my business? So, very good, very good. Well, Scott, where can people get a hold of you if they want to? What's the best way to get a hold of you? First of all, well, you know, I've I've got my own website which is scottishindler.com. You can follow me okay. on LinkedIn. I post some stuff on LinkedIn from time to time. Have a bit of fun with that. Um, and that's about it. You know, I, yep. I don't really get into social media a lot because it takes my yep. time and yep. I don't, I, I'd much rather go surfing, to be honest with you, Damon. <laughs> at the same good... time, I like to stay mentally stimulated. Yeah. As I said earlier, I'm a bit hyperactive. I, I, I sit here holding on to things as we talk. I'm ADHD. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, you know, I, I do put a little bit of time in social media, but only one that's LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah, and your five systems of successful people um, that you can find that on your on the website. Where else can, can they get it on Amazon or is it's it only on Amazon at the moment? So okay. I deliberately put on Amazon. I'm about to okay. change that, but at the moment it's on Amazon. Or if you go to my website, system1357.com, system1357.com. If you go to read, you'll actually see the books in there. So and if they can either order it off Amazon or direct. And I'll Very sign good. it and send them to anywhere in the world. So awesome. Awesome. Well, Scott, thanks so much for being here today. I appreciate it. your your real world experience is so incredible to be able to share with people. And I just thanks so much for being here. Well, I can't wait to come to America and do a tour. So um I can't yes. do it this year, but maybe next year I end up doing a tour. Unless, you know, there, there is a couple of small windows. If someone says come over, I might, but at this stage, yeah, it's probably more of a 2024 plan. But yeah. yeah, I can't wait to come and do a tour and meet all you guys in, in real for over there. You know, I can't wait to do it. It'll be awesome. It'll be awesome. Well, everyone, thanks for being here today. I appreciate you stopping by. We had some great questions coming in here. You got them answered good. We had Kelly Robinson, Diane Byer, we Ken, hey. Ken Dunner. Yeah, Kelly's here. And Abder Rame, Ramane. Sorry, man, I butchered your name, but you're from out of Morocco. Thanks so much for your questions. But We'll be back again later this week with another guest. Thanks. Hang out for a minute, Scott. We'll talk and 